You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking to therapist and author Andy Kolber, Enneagram 4, all about how to get out of survival mode with her book, Try Softer. I love this book. It's actually a book that I haven't seen in a long time, anything like this. And I think that's because trauma science is fairly young. And even when I was going through grad school, it was a very young science. And everyone was, of course, using Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score. But we really didn't have that many more tools, ideas. EMDR was getting a good start. But we've talked about Big T and Little T Trauma on this show. We've talked a lot about EMDR, and today we're going to give you guys some practical tools, and I'm going to recommend Andy's book, Try Softer, for those of you who are still in your survival mode. And I think that's a lot of us. I know that I still have days like that. You guys might remember I told a story a while back on my Instagram, but when Wes and I had our Colorado trip this summer and we were at the Rocky Mountain National Park, we got separated from the trailhead and we were the only ones in a remote area of the wild basin section of the park. And I went totally into self-preserving mode with the kids and Wes being so social actually grabbed a guy who was this doctor and rode away in a pickup truck <laughs> to go get our other car because the guy knew where it was and he apparently was lost too. So I was laughing so hard and scared so hard in my seven survival self-preserving mode. He was in his mode of type one, let's be logical, and I trust the social process. So it was so funny to see us in survival mode, but it was also, like I said, so scary. So today, Andy's going to help us with what to do in those moments so we don't totally freak out with our spouses. Before we get to all that, she's going to be talking to us about what she and her husband's marriage is like. They're a four, seven, eight wing couple. So he's really got a lot of aid and power and agency for helping. And she has been so blessed by the movement he brings her. And you're going to hear what she's done for him too, which almost put me to tears. I was so moved by it. So I really hope that you enjoy not only hearing about their marriage, but I hope that she makes such an impression on you that you want to go out and get her book And now I really want to get the journey, the uh, guided journey that goes with it because it is so cool to think about getting back into these and stepping in with my clients. I am already telling you, if you are my client out there, then make sure you get this if you are still also sometimes operating in survival mode because the tips and tools you learn if you're in therapy school or any kind of coach training are there, but they're all in one spot and that's not all, but there's so many that I think that you're going to find that there's a lot of resources. And then what I also, you'll hear her say, the guided journey is going to be coming out as well and has even more resources and tools and we'll have a video component. So if you've been kind of scared about stepping into therapy and you know you keep getting triggered with your spouse and with yourself and you don't want to live in that crazy place of crazy making and you want to be healthy, then what she does is she's slowing us down to stop being quite so reactive, uh, just using that beautiful glow she and her husband have created together and that she's done tons of work on with her own therapeutic process over the years. And just, you know, it takes a lot of grit to do these 
things because they're not always comfortable. But at the end of it, you're feeling so much more empowered, able to help people, and most of all, able to feel that peace that you're longing for so that you can have just a sense of your own agency, not having to borrow it from your spouse or from your therapist when you're co-regulating, but to just say, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good and I'm doing pretty good. I know what my triggers are. And so I'm just excited for us all that we get to journey this today. I won't belabor us with any more stories today other than saying that happy sweet 16 to my type four daughter this week, October 1st. So excited for her. And I love that she wants to be a dance therapist. So we'll see her future. But right now we're just going to enjoy and embrace this wonderful talk with Andi. And I hope that you will love it like I did. Okay, Andi, I'm so happy to have this chance with you. Thanks so much for talking to us at Enneagram and Marriage. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Well, we are so doubly excited because not only are Andi and her husband the 4-7 pairing, she's just told me that he has a very strong 8-wing. Yay. <laughs> Some of you are like, why is this exciting? We'll tell you in a minute, but, but tell us a little bit about yourself and your hubby. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I am a, a mental health therapist in Castle Rock, Colorado. Um, and I've been married to my husband, Brendan for gosh, I'm like 14 years. <laughs> I'm like almost losing track of it. 14 years. Yeah. And yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, I am also a survivor of complex PTSD from my childhood. And so that certainly, you know, a lot of my personal work and then therapeutically, oftentimes I work with folks with various types of trauma. Um, and sometimes, you know, I really look at a lot of the work that I do through the lens of the nervous system and through the lens of the body and, um, and, and really understanding that sometimes we have trauma that we haven't even identified yet and that our body tells us a lot. Our body's telling us a story about our pain if we know how to listen. And so, you know, a lot of that, that's both the work that I do, whether that's writing, um, you know, I, I wrote my book, Try Softer and the Try Softer Guided Journey, but it's, and it's the work I do with clients, but it's also really my personal work. Like this is so much of what I do is, is an overflow of, of really like things that I am passionate about in a sense that um, I think that we're moving in a direction where there's more discussion about these things. But I think for a long time, there hasn't been language. Um, The Enneagram, I think, is a part of that, like, which has been cool to see. Um, But yeah, so my husband has been, he is, he is a seven. Um, He um, is very, you know, he's, he's got this big energy and is a really, um, interesting and exciting person to be around. He loves to, you know, when he gets into like a curiosity about something, he really can make it sort of like an adventure, um, which is something I've always like really appreciated and loved about him. Um, and he also has really been, an important piece of my own journey of, of recovery. Um, a a lot of my trauma is, uh, was developmental and interpersonal. And so part of my recovery has been experiencing another person who my body experienced as safe. And, you know, so we've been married about 14 years and, and it really has been this journey of learning to, 
honor that dance, you know, cause I mean, he is a person, he's not like, he's not perfect. Right. Yeah. And so it's really learning to do and engage in that attachment, mm-hmm. um, dance. So it's been a really important and he is a really special part of my life. Wow. I love that he has brought you into that movement a little bit more and just given you that courage to, to face a lot because of his support. And I even loved, and I'm so excited for our audience to read your book too, but just even in the book, how you shared how his co-regulating with you just gave you permission to start to feel safe. Like that was just beautiful to see how marriage can be such a great trauma healer. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It has absolutely been a key part for me, you know, and I know, I know for some people, you know, they first experience that co-regulation in therapy or they might experience it with a friend. And ideally we first experience it with our parents, our caregivers, Mm. but many of us didn't have that even maybe when our, when our parents really wanted to, you know, and that's how our bodies, sometimes those things can kind of occur beneath the surface. So even cognitively, we want to give care. Our bodies may not experience it that way. And so, yeah, Brendan, um, I talk a lot about trauma through the lens of rupture and repair. Mm-hmm. So I've experienced many, 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 many ruptures in my life. And part of my journey of repair, um, he has helped to be part of helping the template in my own body know what it feels like to be safe so that not only can I experience that with him, but I can experience it with myself and with other people in my life and with God. And, um, and so it certainly hasn't only been him, but he's been a huge part of it. Yeah. And that's so important. I think that everyone needs to hear that who might have like we do a tendency with the four to say, wait a second, is the grass greener on the other side? See, I didn't get a husband like Andy's. Um, it's so important to say it's wonderful to have safe people in your life, period, whoever they are. We want that for you guys. And we are so excited because Andy's book is, as she said, a result of her ongoing work. Um, and I love how her husband is part of that. He has an eight side. I know the four, eight people have been desperate for (laughs) an episode, but I have to always have like the perfect mystical union. So I haven't done that episode yet, but what's beautiful about Andy is she has a bit of that with her hubby. He has a pretty strong eight wing too. So there's that protector, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been you know, I think it's been an interesting thing for us to continue to learn about the Enneagram. I think we've, we've kind of, um, been kind of working with it for probably about probably four and a half years. Um, and it helped to make sense of Brendan has this element to him that, um, he can really advocate, (laughs) which I love about him. Um, even early on in our relationship, which was actually really helpful for me. And, and I want to just say like, he's certainly been doing his own work too. You know, I mean, he's done his own therapeutic work. I mean, and and cause I think there can be this tendency to be like, well, I'm broke and you're, and you're okay. But for us, what we've found is that it's like a dance. Mm. And we do, and we do that with each other and that I hold space for him and he holds space for me and the healthier that I get and the more in alignment with who I am, the more that supports him in becoming who he really is. 
And so it's really cool because I think early in our marriage, I probably had a sense of like, well, you're like, you haven't experienced the trauma I have. Like, I just wish I was like you. Yeah. And it's really been the journey to be like, no, 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 I'm going to be more like me, you know, like I am learning to be more of who I, God made me to be. And so with that eight wing, one of the things that Brendan has really modeled for me is like setting boundaries. Like when something is really not okay, even, and even with me and, and in a way that's respectful, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say we're having maybe a heated discussion. I mean, he will say to me, Hey, I, I really need this space right now. Mm -hmm. And I love you, but I really need this right now. Or, you know, it's been a journey for him to say, Hey, I, um, I love you. And that is actually not okay with me. And that is a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing, you know, yeah, um, in our, in other parts of our lives, like one thing that makes me laugh about Brendan is he loves like, for example, going to negotiate for like, like, like yeah. cars, for example, <laughs> yeah. you take that seven and you yeah. put the eight wing on oh, and he's yeah. like, let's do this, you know? That and so, so fun he has this part of him who it's like the seven element of him kind of likes the like charm. Um, let's see what kind of, you know, let's chat about this, (laughs) but the eight part, the eight wing is kind of like, I think you can do better. (laughs) Absolutely. That's why we're supposed to balance the wings. Cause it's fun to be like, oh my gosh, it's time for the eight wing. And he's so good at it. And he's done his work. And when you start doing your work, you get good at it. So it's mm-hmm. fun to have more little places you can move. And I love that he's done that. And we were vacationing in Colorado this summer and I have to laugh because we climbed Castle Rock and I saw your gorgeous city. And so, I mean, he was probably like, girl, I can take this city. I can <laughs> make it mine. He definitely can have, you know, some of that energy, but it's so fun to see. I think you're right. Like when we do our work, um, we can utilize those parts of ourselves in service of the whole, Yeah, you know, and I think that's what I see in Brendan. Whereas I think in the past, there were times when, um, you know, he'd be fired up and he would lean on that eight before he had the self-awareness of what was going on. And that wasn't always a good thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But so as he has learned to really honor who he is, it's like he can utilize that fire in a way that still stays in kind of alignment with who he is, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. I have, even though, you know, I'm, so I'm a four wing three, Mm -hmm. but I've got, a, have got some eight energy, (laughs) like, you know how that can be. Right. Good. And so, yeah, I mean, that's been, I mean, actually that's been a part of my, I mean, cause we can have right. Any element of a, yeah, we want to move towards that. And Um, for me, that's actually been a huge part of my own healing is to, oh. to, to mobilize yes. the advocacy of the eight, the mm-hmm. advocacy. Cause I have, you know, I can go to that one, mm-hmm. but there is a specific fire to an eight. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and it's a good, and there's, and, and again, it's like when it's in service of, and so again, I think Brendan, one of the ways it's like, he's like modeled that 
mm-hmm. and tapping into that energy. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of that is that my fourness, I have got, I mean, I have big emotions. Like, I mean, I, when, I mean, I, I can, whew, I can feel those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I've come to see that as a gift. I really have because without the capacity to, to be connected mm-hmm. to those type of emotions, there's a lot that I wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of empathy that I wouldn't have. Um, yeah, I just, there, I've come to see that as a gift. And part of the, the beauty of our pairing is that, you know, as a seven, often there can be a kind of a, and I know seven sometimes get a bad rap with this too, like a, just a sense of like staying surface or not going as deep. And the thing is with our marriages, I mean, there's kind of no escaping the depth. (laughs) I was going to say that. That sounds right. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, There is no escaping the depth. Cause I mean, I operate at a deep level somewhat frequently and, but Brendan, the beautiful element is that it's really, I think, invited him mm-hmm. to go deeper. It's invited him to honor his emotions to, you know, things oh can gosh. look really calm mm-hmm. if you're always staying on top. But for him, his journey has been to actually access the depth Mm. and he's certainly not going to do it in the way that I do because I'm a four and I can, I can sustain that depth a lot longer. Um, but we, but we still, but we, but we, what we're able to find that, you know, and then when he needs to have a break, he will tell me, he'll say, you know what? I, I, this is really good, but I think I need to maybe take a break now. <laughs> That's just, I'm letting everyone just let that soak in on how healthy that is. And that is a journey. That's a 14 year plus journey that comes with time and with doing your work and being brave. But I love you fours out there that you are such a safe space for your people to process. And just to hear that about somebody with the seven and the eight, it makes me cry, which I'm not going to, because I did last time when we had a four, seven on, <laughs> So I'm going to keep it together. Cause I really want to share what we have to say next about your trauma work. But, um, the eight is just, I mean, I've seen eight say, gosh, you know, finally I need to let down and nobody is here for me. So just for me to hear that he gets that from you, we're all just so beaming for you guys. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a really beautiful and at times hard, but really like just a gift. I mean, just a gift. And like, um, I, I, I think one of the things about the four and seven, you know, I was, I was reading over, you know, your guide and I really resonated with this idea of, um, he loves new experiences and I love like aesthetically beautiful, like, like I want to go out and I, I could look at the sunset every single night and just like, watch it and just like almost cry every time because it's that, but like, but like we find this element of, we love adventure and we love it for different reasons, you know, and we love taking trips or finding new places that we like to eat. And, um, we, you know, we just, we are both kind of foodies and we love good coffee and things like that. And 
it's for kind of different reasons, but it really yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It's such a, it's a really cool pairing and all of them are, but this is just, it's a special chemistry in that way. And we just, yeah, I love for us to share that with people who are like, we're at the beginning of this and this is hard. It's like, keep going. It's still going to be hard. I will tell you, but it's very worthy journey. And I think that's what you're saying. It's been such a worthy endeavor. And even as we joked about castle rock, he's like, yeah, like, but I'm a real person. Like I may be strong and able to be competent and good at, um, making deals, but I have a huge heart underneath and I want to use it in service to others. And like, that's kind of the best kept secret about eights, right. That they Mm. are huge heart people and sevens as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And, and really when we can give people permission to soften that armor, you know, and that's what I think about with eights is that there is a, I mean, there is a very strong advocate. There's a, that advocacy energy is so strong and that's good. You know, there's, there's goodness to that. And we can't be in only that energy all the time. <laughs> yes. And we have to be, we have to think about any part, any, all of us, we are ebbs and flows, right? We turn out, but then we have to turn in. Mm. We have to be able to nourish the ways that we pour out, you know? And that's what it reminds me of for eights is that where can you be soft? Where can you, where can you validate that advocacy, Mm. but then say, and I wonder what that's about for you. And I wonder, you know, why, why is that? So tell me why that's so meaningful to you. You know, what does that bring up for you about who you care about? You know, um, cause it, yeah, that, that heart energy there is so powerful. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And that just makes me think of you because I can see the journey you've been on and, you know, you just now said I have some eight energy, so this totally makes sense too, but here you were giving to all these girls, um, kids, self-harming, just, you know, totally Mm -hmm. at that space of, okay, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm turning out. How did you learn to turn back in? What was that like for you when it was all hitting Mm -hmm. you? I mean, for our audience, not to be overly vulnerable, however much you want to share. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. So part of it for me, this is one of the ways that, um, the Enneagram has actually been helpful, even though I don't talk about it explicitly in the book, but so with, um, so with my journey, one of the things that was helpful is recognizing that in stress fours go to two. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always like understand what that looked like for me personally. And for me, that story that you're telling is a perfect example of it because what that is it, how that's experienced for me is that I lose the clarity mm-hmm. of my, what's good for me. I lose my sort of sense of just my personhood, um, in service of mm-hmm. what are the needs around me, mm-hmm. no matter what. So that the two-ness is the sense of like, I have to help no matter what it costs me. Mm-hmm. Like I have to suppress my needs. I have to not pay attention to my needs. Mm-hmm. In my family of origin, I really was raised. I mean, it, it really was a, a trauma response in the sense that I wasn't, 
I wasn't really allowed to listen to my body because I had to be on hyper alert Mm -hmm. in order to be able to navigate and walk on eggshells of the family system that I grew up in. Yeah. And so without knowing it, you know, I became a therapist and I was very, I mean, I, I, you know, I was doing my, I was doing some work, Yes, yes. but there's a lot of layers to this. And, you know, the story you're referring to, it's like at the beginning of Trisofter. And this is when my, this is when my supervisor says to me, Andy, you're doing a great job. You're so empathetic. Like I, I see how you care, but what would it be like if instead of trying so hard, what if you tried softer? And that was such a, I wish I could say, I just boom left and I changed and I try softer, you know, but it it wasn't what like that. It was more like I had to wrestle with that in my own, my own healing. And what that's come to mean for me is learning to pay compassionate attention. Mm -hmm. And so that turning inward really started with even honestly, just getting curious. Like it was like, I just had to begin noticing, like I am constantly overgiving. I am constantly um, getting headaches because I'm like over attuned to other people. I am saying yes. When I mean, no, I am doing more work than I have the capacity for. Mm. I am um, just, there's lots of ways. Like it was like, no matter whether my body was saying yes or no, I was saying, well, I have to do it no matter what. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so it's been this journey of like getting curious with that, unpacking it, learning about trauma, getting in my own therapy. I mean, really um, cultivating spaces where I am allowed and I am honored for listening to myself. That's not shamed. That is not, I'm not told that I'm selfish um, for doing that because unfortunately many people who grow up with a tendency to white knuckle and to overgive and to do more and to, you know, first of all, it's often praised, right? People are often told, wow, you're just so generous and you're so good. But if, when people start doing things differently, they people may start to withhold like, oh, wow, you're kind of, uh, you're like, you're kind of selfish or you're, um, I can't believe you wouldn't say no to, you would say no to this or, um, and so it is, I think, you know, the more complex our trauma, Mm -hmm. the more complicated the healing. And so if you are a person who's hearing this and you're like, wow, that is me, you know, one of the things, if it's at all possible, I would really encourage folks to find a trauma informed therapist. And, And that's because this work requires it, it's a, it's a journey. It really is. And it's not to say that, that you won't see changes and steps, but often it really begins with that safety. Mm-hmm. to say, it's okay. Unpack it. You can unpack it here. Yeah. You can lay it down here. Like, what does it feel like in your body mm-hmm. to sort of be in that homeostasis? Like it's okay to just be yourself, yeah. you know? And so it's been this journey for me of um, really learning what supports my ability to pay compassionate attention to my own experience. Mm -hmm. And, and interestingly doing that 
you know, cause I think a lot of times people will be like, well, isn't that selfish? It's like, what's interesting is that when we do that, it allows us to better attune mm-hmm. to people in our life. And, and the energy really does. I think a lot of love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. There's this sense of, I am doing my work so I can also sort of better show up for you. Absolutely. Instead of showing up as a four who says, I'm just looking at grass is greener. And when you're telling me your story, now I'm comparing it's, I've been doing the healing journey and I invite you into it, which I think we all want from our fours because there is a sense that you do have a natural gift here as well. You know, in addition to all the trauma work you've done, it's like you just allowed the natural gift to flow out more because you finally realize that even through those critiques of others, even if they were minor and as a four or a four going to one, sometimes you can take that one arrow in an unhealthy way and take it all the way down as a four to I'm the worst then if I'm not the best, you know? And so it's so nice when you're like, oh my gosh, trying softer just gave me permission to rise up and to stop self-sabotaging and to go for it. And reading your book, I'm like, she totally went for it. Like seeing your Instagram, I'm like, she totally went for it. Like everyone listening, Mm -hmm. I want you, if you're struggling to grab her book, because what I was sharing before we came on too, is that you are unique in this way, Andy, that your book gives a lot of the tips and tools that people get from trauma informed Mm -hmm. therapy. And it's terrifying for some people to think about it. Whereas we had to do it, I'm assuming for clinical work and we've probably been chosen to do it, uh, at various points. And so a lot of people are just being invited in and it might be the tiptoeing in to read your book. But the cool thing is I'm like, gosh, her book isn't just like some books where it's the tiptoeing in it's phenomenal. So thank you Mm -hmm. for writing this piece for us that we can look and find tools right within it. Such depths. Thank you. Mm, That means so much. Yeah, no, I, it really is interesting how, well, first I thank you so much in the sense that I, that's really what I aim. My aim has been, you know, Mm -hmm. that I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, that's why I decided to write the book is that I felt like there was this gap and I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't any other resources. I just have, my journey has been that there are not very many, especially from um, an integrated faith perspective. Um, And so to have not just the story, but like, so what does that mean for the reader? And how can the reader have some actual, like tangible things that they can do to move towards wholeness, to move towards their true self and their, and really just, just cultivating some compassion. You know, I think when we understand folks are in pain, (laughs) you know, I mean, there is so much pain. And if we can learn to have compassion, not only for others, but for ourselves. I mean, from a neuro, you know, psychological, bio, psychological perspective, um, compassion softens Mm -hmm. our, uh, the cortisol, it it dampens and inhibits that response. Mm -hmm. And so when we learn instead of, you know, the like, gosh, I'm not as good as her, or I wish I was it, I wish it was this way. Or, um, if only I had done this better, this wouldn't have happened when we can be with those parts of ourselves. 
mm-hmm. and say, I hear you. Yeah. I love you. I'm with you. I get why you're in pain. I get it. You know, and I'm right here. What do you need? You know, and sometimes that means we need to reach out to other people too. But when we learn to be with ourselves mm-hmm. with that compassionate posture, it really is a game changer mm. because that allows the parts of ourselves that are hurting to feel validated. Then they don't have to work so hard to be heard. They don't have to get louder and more angry and more jealous and more whatever the thing is to get our attention because we're listening. Yeah. And that's what we're made for, right? Like we need a witness. We are made to be witnessed mm-hmm. both in our relationships, but also in our own system. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're really helping everyone who's reading to know this is going to take time. It's going to be a process. We want you to have a safe holding space to do this. But even if that journey starts with opening up the pages and trying one of her try softer techniques and just Mm -hmm. tiptoeing in. And I love how you guys will see in her pages. She's like tiptoe gently in. And if this is too much tiptoe back out. But understand that it's not selfish to do this because as I was saying with you guys that when Andi did this process, it's very obvious to me looking in that she also began to serve the world in a new way in in a way that was desperately needed with her one energy going to these details with the trauma work, with the neurology, with the eight energy of not being afraid to be stomping grounds as a female as a family from an immigration background, it's just beautiful to see. So I know it's been a very real journey for you. So thank you for Mm. sharing it with all of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for honoring it. I mean, I think it has been a steep learning curve, you know, around um, putting yourself into the world, no matter what. Yes is vulnerable, um, putting parts of your trauma story and recovery into the world, um, is kind of terrifying at times, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it has caused me to have to go actually even deeper Mm -hmm. into my own work of recognizing that it's never been about, it can't be about how people necessarily not that you don't want people to receive it well, but if it, but it can't be about that. It ultimately can't like, and for me, it's really been this journey of like, what does alignment mean? What does integrity mean for me? What does it mean to stay with myself in those things? Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, the world is a lot right now and there's a lot of pain. And, um, I think being a four, Um, Being someone who in stress, you know, from a trauma language perspective, we would call that, I would call that the fawn response. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of my journey has been unlearning (laughs) the fawn, like unwinding it, like Mm -hmm. honoring. So the fawn response, meaning over accommodating um, a situation or a person to navigate the threat Mm -hmm. so that you want to neutralize that threat. And, And so you do that sometimes at the expense of what you really need. Mm. And it's been that unwinding. And then that one energy of 
okay, well, what's the thing that I'm supposed to say? Yeah. <laughs> Who is the person that God's called me to be? Yeah. No matter what, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's been, the Enneagram has been a really helpful Beautiful. lens mm-hmm. as I think about a lot of that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it encourages listeners that you guys are going to be sharing your beautiful stories with the world too, as you continue to find the different facets that you can get healthy with and listen to the other side, the softer side. And after reading Andy's book, like me, you're probably going to start saying, oh my gosh, I need to try that softer to yourself. It's a great phrase she got. She's sharing it, but she added so much to it that it was undeniable. It sounds like for you that you knew you had to share it. And I love how you brought up the, uh, you know, the fight and the flight and the freeze and the fawn response, because people need to know we don't all do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So before you go, I was wondering if you could share a little Mm -hmm. bit for somebody who's perhaps more of the anger aggressive type, and then a little bit for the anxious type, if that's okay. Mm, Okay, sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I would just say is, our bodies are capable of all of those responses. Um, And generally speaking, we will respond in proportion to our experiences. But usually like if you're having an experience in the present, that seems disproportionate, right? So let's say you're having an argument with your spouse and your um, anger is a lot bigger then what the situation feels like warrants it. Um, it's, there's a high probability that that might be rooted in something from the past, whether that's your childhood or a different interaction with your spouse or a different interaction with someone else in your life. Yeah. And so I share some of that because um, our bodies are very plastic and very adaptable in the ways that we show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And But with the Enneagram, we're sort of thinking about it through the lens of possible expressions of how some of those responses, not that every one of the, like being angry doesn't always necessarily mean you're fully in a stress or trauma response. You may be just a little bit experiencing that and it's not your, you know, you're still some like fairly integrated. So there's a lot of nuance to that, but you know essentially a lot of times I talk about this stuff through the lens of the window of tolerance. So if it's okay, I might just touch on that. Um, Generally speaking, all of us have a range of arousal in which we can feel our feelings or have an experience or experience sensations where we stay in, stay in that window. And when we're in that window, our prefrontal cortex is still online. Mm-hmm. And our body and our just who we are is fairly integrated, mm-hmm. meaning that we have access to it. Yeah. We have access to what's happening and we just tend to have more resources. And a lot of times this is when we have the best opportunity to connect with sort of our true self. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that I, if that's a language that you use with, with the Enneagram sometimes, mm-hmm. um, So with, so all of those things sort of overlap with the window of tolerance when our body perceives that there, that something may be a threat Mm. or is dangerous, we will typically go first up into the sympathetic nervous system, which generally that's like a mobilization energy. Mm. So it's a lot of times fight or flight and some parts of fawn. So it's sort of the hypervigilant element. Mm. If that doesn't resolve the threat, 
we, our bodies will go down into dissociation or freeze or various parts of dorsal. Yeah. So with that, you can kind of see the Enneagram with around a lot of this. So, you know, one of the most obvious, a lot of times, like going back to the eight, um, our body may have learned whether that's from childhood, whether if that's also through natural wiring, because a lot of this is actually, it's, it's subconscious. Our body does it. Absolutely. We're not choosing our response. Our body chooses it for us. So if you're fine, if your response to threat, a lot of times is anger, that's really your body moving you to a place that um, feels like is going to best help you navigate the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similarly, if your response is to like flee, like get me out of here, like, you know, something dangerous, like, you know, I, I could think of that maybe sometimes perhaps for like a six. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, this is not always, this is not right, like exactly. a cut and dry, but yeah, just kind nines of will have a little bit of both nines will be angry as well as so. Yeah. So we're kind of co- trying to cover everybody with like anger. I like how you're adding in the dissociation process, the anxiety, yeah. like these are all moving us to different Enneagram spaces. Yes. And any person, I mean, an eight who has a lot of anger, if you feel angry long enough, you might start to feel a little zoned out. And that's actually your body moving to dissociation because we're not, this is not this static, like here's your one response. Maybe though, there might be one that your body tends to go to more often. It just, honestly though, depending on the situation, your body will just present with what is most likely to keep you safe. That's really the key here. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think too, like I think about ones with some of the anger that might come out there, you know, or um, the anxiety that you're talking about that. I mean, I can think of several different numbers Mm -hmm. that may um, experience that and just recognizing that is, that's a sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. response Mm -hmm. and whatever whatever the actual response is, if we're not in an actual life or death situation, because mm-hmm. if you're in a life or death situation, listen, let's get out of the way of the car, <laughs> yeah. you know, like let's yeah. leave the burning building. Yeah. Like, right. So that's the first thing to know. But if you're not having, like, if that's not the case, but your body is responding to a situation, mm-hmm. um, like for example, a nine may, I've heard from many nines, like more of the dissociation piece, like more of the heaviness mm-hmm. more. Um, and any time that we can um, first get our body back into our window or at least one foot in mm-hmm. is so helpful because once you get fully outside of that window, there's not a lot of choices. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things I talk about in TriSofter and I, there's many different skills, but yeah. is to do something called grounding mm-hmm. and, and grounding is just when we use our five senses to come back to the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really communicates safety to our body. And so, you know, this is something where it's like, you know, if you can go outside and um, notice the feel of the grass on your feet, pick up a rock, smell something, see something, hear something. And we do this to just bring our body, our nervous system. We want, we're trying to get it back into a regulated state. And as we do this, then we can bring curiosity. Mm. Like, isn't it interesting that even though my husband 
you know, he asked me just to, if I could, you know, pick something up on the way home, like that, my response was really big. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's about. Yeah. And just getting curious because if we go straight to being judgmental, we'll, we'll either project it like mm-hmm. it's their fault, mm-hmm. not to say that there's not a conversation that needs to be had, but either we'll project it or we'll internally like harm ourselves. Like those are usually yeah. the options. Mm-hmm. So if we can have that non-judgmental, like, oh, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and like, I can't handle one more thing. And even, and he didn't know that I was feeling that overwhelmed and him asking me to do that Mm -hmm. made me feel like I needed to fight somebody, (laughs) right? you know, and then to be able to now, now let's work with that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's be curious with that. What's going on with Mm -hmm. me today? Why am I like this? Oh my gosh. Maybe I had way too much on my plate today. And and there's some grace for me instead of like, oh man, you should be able to do more. Your friends seem like they can. And, or like you said, just, oh, he should have been able to get this. I told him about this three days ago. So mm-hmm. it's this different approach that invites you out of these side roads that are going to take you off track, off route and back in the driver's seat more. God has the ultimate yes. driver's seat, but it's really nice to be able to be there and to say, there are some choices I can make that are going to help me to make sure that I'm safe now as an adult that I couldn't make as a child. That's right. So that's a great one for grounding just to keep people in the here and now with the five senses, whether they're angry or anxious, just to bring you back. And another one she's saying is just be curious, just mm-hmm. invite in awareness of what's going on and what's maybe even going on in your body. I love how you include relaxation processes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will add, um, grounding can be helpful, even if we're starting to go down into more of that dissociative mm-hmm. or even heavy or frozen spot. And, and the key is that we're just trying to essentially when we're in that sort of sympathetic, we're kind of trying to downregulate. It's almost like when people say calm down, that's usually what that's meant. When we talk about the dissociative element, um, the, the lower side of the window of tolerance where it's also helpful to ground, but we're actually trying to up regulate. Mm. And so it's like the opposite. It's not calm down. It's up, calm up. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's come back. It is. Yeah. And there's, and both are valid and depending on your story and your experience and where you're at and what's going on in the world. I mean, we can go through all of those things yes. and the key is not to shame them. Right. It's to say your body is experiencing the world right now as unsafe. Mm-hmm. What is it? How, how can we help communicate safety? Yeah. What, and that's grounding is just a really simple one, but there are many, many ways to do this work. And the longer you do it, the more attuned you get and the more you can say, oh, okay, body. I see, you know, yeah. I woke up this morning feeling that, 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 okay, this is how I'm going to respond. Thank you for that information. Yeah. It's really nice that you can encourage people to do a body scan when so many are like, I just have to serve no matter what, or I'm so in my emotions that I don't even see what's happening physically. So you're inviting people into the visceral, you're inviting people into the heart and into thinking healthy. So it's 
really, uh, you know, the journal I didn't know about, and I'm so happy because now I can get the journal too and go even deeper, but Mm -hmm. even the book alone has so many of these tools and tips, but don't rush it. Don't just read it for the information guys read it for the depths, because if you Mm -hmm. truly want long lasting change as Andi is sharing, it's going to be a journey and just be even gracious with yourself as to, Mm -hmm. you know what, today I read five pages and this week I read six pages. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be that you read the whole book in a week, but, but I'll be going back in and I just love that there's that journaling to go with it. So I know we're about to end, but do you have a moment to share a little bit about where everyone can find you in these amazing resources? Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Andy Colber, and I'm also on Twitter at Andy Colber. And you can go to my website, ondycolber.com. I'm going to be having um, my launch date for this guided journey is on October 5th. And we are going to be having some videos that launch at the same time as the guided journey that accompany it. And just, it's sort of me um, just adding a little bit more context and, and ideas around what does this look like to deepen this experience? And, mm-hmm. and really that's what the guided journey is about is it's the okay. same principles of Trisofter and it's, it, there's, there's some more practices and there's even just more like, how do you apply it to your own life was kind of the goal yes. with this one. Um, and so you can find both the Trisofter guided journey and Trisofter wherever books are sold. Oh, awesome. That is just, I love how you're able to answer the question about this as well. You're like, this is why, cause it's coming out October 5th and it's like, yay. So now I get to do this and hopefully the listeners will do both because take it slow, take it full. And of course, try softer everybody because we are trying, but let's be gentle on ourselves as we are living That's intentionally. Right. So thank you so much, Andy. You're so welcome. So FYI, before Andi and I had even talked, I had a super emotional week at church, and that is so unusual for me, but I did. And then after Andi's talk, then I had even more of an emotional week. And so I really enjoyed the therapeutic processes of this week, and I felt like God was totally at work in my life. So I'll be laughing if any of you tell me the same thing that you were also being really worked on. And I hope that it's a good working that you end up feeling like you are able to really try to do things more softly. I know for me, the song that triggered me was this song by Cody Carnes open up the windows, I think. And I was so touched by it. And I was really caught off guard because I was ready for a good talk. And instead, it was this whole day of singing. And and then it was like, oh my gosh, then Andy's message came. And it was like, going back to the mattresses, it's time to get back in there and really allow yourself to be worked. And when you go through weeks and times like this, as Andy said, it's seasonal. Like you can't always do it, especially if you're a seven or an eight, right? Because we like to be strong and, and in control and not have to do that kind of vulnerable work. But even the fours out there of you who are just like, hey, I love my feelings, but I don't really want to dig into them. Or the twos who are so good at feeling other people's feelings, but not necessarily their own. I just want to challenge all of us to take some time when it's the right timing. If this is a super busy deadline week at work and your marriage is already doing other big things this week, then then don't make it this week. Enjoy this week and get through this week. 
but do it soon. Put it on the calendar to challenge yourself to start this book and to try softer in your life and keep me posted on how it goes. I would love that. So I am putting everything up in the show notes for you. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast if you like the content we're putting out here. And also, I'm super excited to tell you that we have been putting some finishing touches on lots of great content for you in the coming months. And I'll talk more about that in October. And we will be talking about another Enneagram book next week. So I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.